Welcome to the podcast Not So Serious, presented by Marketing Mag. This is the podcast about communications, but not so serious. Each episode, we're going to talk to a brand or a business about how they used their marketing to make waves, not ripples. In the second part of the conversation with Taryn, we look at how influencers can now influence the federal election and also who to look out for as the next big thing. So moving on to what you're working on at the moment, now you have spoken um, about Climate 200. Do you want to talk about this project that you're working with? Yeah, so we're working on the Climate 200 campaign at the moment and I think it's a really fascinating um, foray into political social media influences and I think this is a fantastic example of, you know, when people think about, okay, doing a... um, a, a political campaign using influencers, they think, oh my gosh, is that an alignment? Is, you know, what do influencers know about politics? And I'm like, God, that is everything that is wrong about, you know, the judgment of, of influencers. You know, we have incredibly savvy influencers out there who are incredibly aware about all of the important topics um, that we're talking about in this election, you know, whether that's climate change, whether that is um, equal rights for women in the workplace, um, whether whether that's you know the supply chain change issues and um, and economic policy, mm. um, inflation, you know there's this there's influences for all of those sectors. So when we sort of started talking to the team at Climate Two Hundred and and they were talking to us about the key messaging that they wanted to get out and championing, they've got obviously amazing independent candidates running. A great bulk of them are female candidates, which is fantastic. You know, so it really felt like the the perfect campaign to start working working with social media influencers on and it's been fantastic to see how open they are to embracing that and that they they see it I think one of the things that's really empowering is is they see that this is a really viable channel and that they see that there's a whole generation of people who have felt disengaged or disenfranchised and disempowered in the voting process and that those people are active on social media and can be engaged that way and they want to be informed, they want to be entertained, um, they want to learn more about who the candidates are out there and that this is a really sustainable way to do that. You know, handing those people a flyer in the street outside of the local post office is not the way to engage them and that there's, you know, these new platforms and new channels that can really, you know, take them on a journey and inspire them and I think God knows after the last two years, that is exactly what we need, you know, some, some positive inspiration and stories and, and hope. And I really love that that's what they've chosen to focus on in their campaign. This next generation is so political and they are so not, Absolutely. they're so not doing what their parents like. Exactly. You know, that and old the, common trope of you're just voting who your parents voted for, that is the opposite of what exact this generation opposite. is doing. That's right. <laughs> and they are so savvy in being able to find information online. They are, and the, I believe the two major parties just aren't talking to them, and, and it, which is really disappointing. But it's great to see that, you know, there are other parties out there that are, that are looking to engage with them and take them on a journey and and really do care about what they have to say. And, you know, I'm so proud of the next generation coming after us that they they do care, they understand the importance of these issues. Like, you know, climate is a perfect example. Mm. They are going to be the ones that are left burdened with, with the issues that, um, you know, our generation and the ones before it have created. And so, of course, they care about how their political leaders feel and, and are going to act about that. And I saw that both Snapchat and TikTok have been creating ways to help people know how to enroll obviously enrollment is gone now but I just think that's so cool 
Isn't it? Like really empowering people with the information that they need, engaging them, letting them know, as you said, the cutoff date, how they go about enrolling. Like it just shows that obviously we all know after the Facebook papers and Francis Haugen, there's there's a lot of negative things that these platforms can do, but also they can be used for good. And I think, you know, it's it's important to, to note that too. When it comes to those kind of political influences that you're talking about, how young how young are they that like how young do these influences go down to? It's a real spread. Um, so we've been working with people who are, you know, incredibly passionate about particular areas. So whether that is a, a lot of them have been climate activists, some have um, just a broader social reach because they're well-known media commentators. Um, so it's been a really, and then we have some fantastic comedians who are making very, very cool content that you'll start seeing rolling out across the screens um, that are just trying to engage people and, and make them aware that, hey, yes, there's an election coming up and, and what does it mean to vote independent and getting to know who your local independents are and, and helping people understand the process of searching their postcode and, and also empowering them with the information about voting independent, you know, all we need to do is get three independents elected to really, you know, change the balance of power. So information like that, I think, is really empowering to the next generation. It's going to be very interesting um, election. I've been looking quite a lot at how the major political parties are targeting people and it's just really lazy kind of digital targeting and seeing more creative ways of doing it. I'm, I'm excited to see some of the comedians and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stand by. You'll see some of them coming out in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, it's. I think it's just it's such a missed opportunity and, you know, I think it's great to see what platforms like TikTok are doing in and, you know, taking that on their own back and saying, you know, we, need, we care about people voting. We care about people knowing how to register to vote. So that's something that, you know, we're going to champion internally as, as a platform. So... Um, yeah, it would be great to see, obviously, more, um, I guess, some of the broader parties get involved and, and do things like that in a, in a respectful and a non-manipulative way. Obviously, we don't want another Cambridge Analytica on our hands. So. No. And also, <laughs> I just think it would be so ironic if you saw the Greens handing out flyers at a train station now yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so true, right? So true. Horrible sense of irony there. <laughs> Um, I guess next, what do you, like TikTok is obviously the next kind of massive platform and, and it's it's here already. What what do you think are the next trends in social media? Look, I think video is still really powerful. Um, people are consuming more video than, than ever before. Um, I definitely think our attention span is waning, right? And, and I think that's one of the reasons you've seen TikTok. It's, it's such an engaging platform. I'm, I'm sure anyone who's been on TikTok can speak to the TikTok hole that you get sucked into. Um, the algorithm is very clever in just presenting these fun, you know, snackable little bits of really highly engaging content to you. Um, so I definitely think, look, we'll continue to see the growth of TikTok. Also, they've got such a fantastic team in Australia who are, you know, really um, hands-on in onboarding creators and onboarding brands. Um, it's a very, very different experience to, you know, any small business owner who's had to try and contact it, someone at Facebook would speak to how difficult and challenging that can be if you've ever had your, you know, account hacked or, or you know, anything like that. It's a horrible experience where, you know, um, TikTok have, have really gone out of their way to, to offer a very different experience here in market. So I think they'll, they'll continue to grow based on that sort of experience that they offer as well. Um, and then, of course, there's all of these sort of other, I'm not going to say new because they're not necessarily new, but they're certainly becoming more prevalent um, channels like Twitch, 
um, that, you know, we're, we're seeing really grow um, with, you know, more and more people getting into gaming and, and brands realizing that they can engage with potential consumers that way through building, you know, experiences in app. And then, of course, Web 3.0 um, and, and the metaverse, I think, is going to be the next big trend. So we do have some brands now that are starting to speak to us and say, hey, look, do you have any influences in the metaverse? And, and you know, how do we go about maybe, you know, building an, an experience in the metaverse and, and using influences in that world? So we haven't executed exactly. anything in that space yet, but, you know, I'm sure it will be less than 12 months um, before we've, we've got something happening there too. That's so interesting because I just see anything that we put out that's metaverse, people are very interested in it. So I think that what we're mm-hmm. seeing now, that tends to be the Australian way is we're six to 12 months maybe behind America. So people are going, as you said previously, do I want to be the disruptor or do I want to be the follower? And it's about making that decision about whether they're going to put their next bit of finances into that Web 3.0. And I can imagine it will be incredibly challenging for a brand to decide, you know, is this the right investment for us? Because obviously there's the there's the tech gap to get over, like understanding how you would actually implement that and execute mm-hmm. that as a brand or as a business. But then there's like, is it the right place for us? Like without, you know, spending a lot of time in there and, and understanding, you know, it's like the difference between Instagram and, and TikTok, but like understanding the audience, understanding what would be relevant and, and is it culturally suitable for your brand, I think would be really challenging. So I'm glad to say I'm not, you know, having to, to make that decision, but for brands out there that are going through it, I can imagine it's really challenging. I think cultural suitability is such a eloquent way to put it when I have worked with brands previously trying to decide if they should go on this platform or this platform and they should be on every platform. And sometimes you just want to say, you don't need to be on everything. Get one or two and do it well. I couldn't agree with you more. We, we do see that with brands now who are like, we feel like we should explore TikTok. You know, we keep hearing the news that it's the most downloaded app of 2021 and, you know, it's this growing platform. And without kind of stopping and asking the why, you know, it's the same thing when brands say we want to do an, uh, an influencer campaign without really having a reasoning why. Like, what is the end goal? What does success look like? Is it, are you building, are you, do you want to go on TikTok because you're trying to reach a new audience and you're trying to, you know, it's a new positioning strategy. You want to go slightly younger skewed in your in your demographic or you want to share behind the scenes content of what it's like to work in your office because it's a talent acquisition and retention strategy, you know. Then it's like, okay, I get it. But as you say, sometimes it's just like that is just not the right cultural fit for your brand. And and you don't have to do it just because you're hearing that it's the next big thing. There's, there's yeah. trends that are okay to sit out. Sometimes those fireside chats aren't helping people because they're hearing their mates do it and they're going, what am I missing out on? And I think you're probably going to spend too much time on something that might not might not yeah, pay off deliver any ROI and you know it, it's yeah. it is time consuming to to build a, a a great strategy on TikTok time consuming is a big thing to try to sell into people is this going to be worth the brunt people think that influencers are so easy it's so easy what they do they just take a picture and put it up there and you know um, I think that people think the same about social media managers and the legwork and brunt force that you put oh, into yeah. five posts is pretty absurd yeah Absolutely, because you can you can certainly do it um, very quickly, and you know, but it, the, it's going to show in the results. Be horrible. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I I always say to brands as well, you know, like it, this is a two way conversation. This isn't a platform that you just log in, post a photo, log out, 
you know, oh, that only took two minutes. This is about building a community and, and it's, a, it's, it's social. It should be a two-way dialogue. You need to be posting content and engaging with your potential customers. You need to be following people, liking, you know, that, that it's not just a case of, yeah, posting a photo and ghosting. Because I remember when I would always be asked, what's your favourite thing about social media when I would go to job interviews and I would just say the fact that we are for the first time talking to our customers. We're not buying a print ad and then closing the book. Yeah, it's so true. What is the biggest fail you've ever seen in an influencer campaign or post? Something that might have been on like celeb spell check. It doesn't have to be from you. But oh my gosh. Okay, I love this. Okay, there, there has been a lot. I mean, obviously there's the obvious ones where you've seen an influencer has like literally copied and pasted a, 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 straight from a briefing document that they've been given and you can see like, you know, they've still got the, the reference from the brand in here. Like, please insert, you know, the location that you're at at the time and they've just copied and pasted it straight in that's always a massive fail um recently i've been seeing quite a few because the rain in sydney has been so intense but sporadic i've been seeing influencers posting content on a day where it's absolutely bucketing down with rain that's clearly been shot and approved a few days beforehand by the brand um it's you know them out in the backyard having a gorgeous sunny afternoon when it's pouring down outside and i'm like guys think this through like yeah i understand and and this is you know a pain pill for brands as well just understanding that it's a very different channel than advertising and they need to really build a collaborative relationship with the influencer and give them that autonomy to say hey this is the message that we want to convey this is what success looks like and i think that's the piece that often gets missed they, they, they can be quite dictatorial instead of saying, hey, look, success for us looks like driving more customers to the website or it looks like getting people to enter this competition or driving transactions, um, you know, in store. If you give them that last mile of sort of uh, transparency, they can go, well, actually the best way for my audience to do that is X, you know, through this kind of mechanism um, and then allowing them to do that because I think otherwise you, you'd see those campaigns that are very dictatorial where it's like, it doesn't feel like the influencer's natural tone of voice. It doesn't look like content they would normally create. It reflects badly on the brand and it reflects badly on the influencer. Um, and it's such a shame because often you go, oh, that would have been a really good brand alignment. Like you can see why the influencer said yes to start with, but then it hasn't you know, been executed well. Engage an agency to create an ad campaign and have multiple rounds of revisions, sign it off and get it live. And that's just not how good influence marketing works. You know, you have to let go of a little bit of that control. Finally, we always ask our guests this, what local influencer and what local business should we be looking out for as the next big thing? Oh, okay. That's an interesting one. (sighs) Local business and local. Okay. Local influencer, I have to say, I'm obsessed with one of the girls, um, Maddie McRae, that we've been working with on Climate 200. She's a comedian. She is hilarious um, and very, very savvy, works across TikTok and Instagram and is just her transitions, her ability to tell a story is just and I'm like for me she is everything that great influencer storytelling is about you can she's a true creative you can give her a brief and say this is the product or this is the cause or this is the campaign how would you bring it to life and like a great influencer goes away she can script it she can storytell it she can bring that campaign to life in a way that you just never would have you know come up with as a as a marketing manager or brand yourself she's like a little mini media production house and creative agency all in one big fan of hers 
Um, in terms of local brands and businesses, I've got to say I'm a big fan of In the Roundhouse, which is a, a dinner table brand. I think, you know, what they did during COVID in, in making the at-home dining experience, you know, really wow was, was really cool. And I love that it's clearly a business that's designed for social media. Like it's designed mm. for gramming your dinner, which we all love doing, you know, taking a photo of our food. And then it's, you know, it's done with great brand partnerships, great artist partnerships. I love that. Like I love that it's a really clearly creatively driven brand. So they're probably my my two fellows. And I just guess to finish off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about the influencers agency and hashtag gifted, which you said is coming up. Yes, my new baby. Um, So the influencers agency is a full service um, campaign agency that we launched nearly 12 months ago. And basically we had brands coming to the right fit who were saying, Hey, we want to do an influence campaign. We've got a $25,000 budget. Um, What do we do? And we would say, great. You just post the job in the marketplace. It's as easy as that. And they were like, oh, my God, we don't know how to write a brief. We're not sure how to pick the right person. We don't know how much to pay. We don't know how to vet them. So we basically built an agency around that that can help them do all of that. So it helps them write an influencer brief. It executes a campaign end-to-end for them. Does the post campaign reporting? So really, just trying to demystify influencer marketing and take the fear out of it for people, because I can understand how challenging it can be if you, firstly, if you're just busy and you don't have time to do it, and you're a bigger agency or or brand, or if you're just starting out and doing for this for the very first time and you want that extra safe set of hands. So um, they've worked on some really awesome campaigns, and uh, and it's been really awesome to sort of watch that business grow. Um, hashtag gifted is my brand new baby, and it's super exciting. It's going to launch in about hopefully four weeks time. And essentially, it's it's basically a dating app for brands and influencers um, for contra exchanges. So basically, influencers have almost exactly a dating style app and they can open it every morning and they can swipe left and right on all different sorts of little gifting experiences that they might want. So from clothes to shoes to makeup to hotel stays, exactly like a dating app when, when the two parties match, they can collaborate on that exchange. So I know how challenging contra gifting is for both sides of, of the world. So it's really hard for brands to find people who want to do contra exchanges. And then from influencers, they get inundated with offers for things that they don't necessarily want um, or there's the huge waste of just being posted things that you've never asked for. And then there's also those times where you really do want something. You might be traveling to Brisbane for the weekend and you're like, oh, I'd love to collab with a hotel. That would be really mutually beneficial. But there's sort of no way for them to find that brand. So we've tried to build that into a new app and just make it really fun and really sort of dynamic and, and um, easy for both parties to, to do. So that's coming that's soon. An amazing initiative. I've, I love that. There was um, a large influencer this morning talking about she was getting way too many gifts all the time. And it's, she said, stop sending them to me because the wastage is too much and it's a waste of things and I just thought people will go at her about privilege and too many things but I totally see her point there's yeah and it's such a shame because often you know you just get sent unsolicited things and Mm. you think oh god if if the brand had asked me I would have let them know hey I'd I'd love to just receive this one item or there's actually this Mm. item on your website that I'd be happy to promote and then it starts this sort of awkward like oh do I have to promote it because it's been sent to me and I'm can I send it back you know so if we can remove all of that for both sides and connect brands with people who genuinely want to receive their products. I think it would just be cut down on that waste and the environmental impact and also just the, the orcs ick factor of the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we can't wait to see that. That's going to be amazing. And um, thank, thank you. you so much um, for oh, staying, uh, for chatting to us today. Um, I 
always love talking about influences. I love talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think it's so interesting. Um, <laughs> Thank so you thanks, so much. For thanks, me. Karen. 